Welcome to A Higher Future in Healthcare, a special series exploring a growing crisis in healthcare, hiring quality talent to deliver quality care. I'm Ubaldo Siminetti, your host, and I sit down with some of the industry's top voices in hiring and recruiting to dissect one of healthcare's biggest obstacles in the hopes of learning from each other and sharing that information to help us improve how and who we hire so that we can take better care of the communities and the people we serve. I am here with Marjorie Alexander from ChenMed. Welcome. How are you? Thank you, Waldo. I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming and thanks for being on, on the show today. Uh, tell us a little bit about ChenMed because I, I find the the history uh, of ChenMed very fascinating and uh, way ahead of its time. ChenMed <laughs> <laughs> is, a, is a really great organization to work for. I'm very proud to be there. Uh, so basically, ChenMed has been around for 30, 35 years, uh, originated in Miami, Florida and has been able to grow to 15 different states. We have over 125 centers. And basically what we do is we take care of the neediest, poorest, sickest uh, elderly population who are the forgotten ones. Uh, they have uh, very complex uh, comorbidities and um, you know they don't have the, the resources to be taken care of. And they end up in the hospital. And we all know what happens when people end up in the hospital, especially when they're elderly and, and, and poor and can't take care of themselves. They might have food insecurity and things like that. Right. It just goes downhill from there. So we've made it our mission to take care of those individuals that need us the most, to keep them out of the hospital, and to keep them healthy and happy and at home. I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to move. Can you move this? Do you mind moving this over here? I just want to make sure um, it doesn't. Okay? Uh, yeah, perfect. Because perfect. Okay. I just don't want it to rub. Okay. Okay. And then I'm just, I'll jump back in. I'll yes. cut this out. Um, so so it, it, it sounds like, and you mentioned this before we hit record, but ChenMed was founded based on value-based care, Correct. which I know now just from insight and experience, because my wife works in healthcare, that value-based care has become critical to, and almost a requirement, I think it's a requirement, <laughs> as far as how hospitals and health systems um, treat, treat patients. But you all started from the very beginning with that idea. Can you talk about that? Like why, and, and the importance of that being the tip of the spear, I think, mm -hmm. as you said. Yeah, absolutely. So Dr. James Chen, who's the founder of our organization together with his wife, Mrs. Mary Chen, he actually had a, an illness. He was diagnosed incorrectly. Mm. And uh, the family, uh, family of doctors, uh, their sons are doctors, cardiologists. Uh, Dr. Chen, of course, uh, is a physician. And as a family of doctors, they had such a difficult time navigating through the healthcare system. The diagnosis was uh, erroneous. Um, they couldn't get the answers. They couldn't get the care. And they thought if a family of physicians are having so much trouble getting the care that is needed and being seen, you know, the wait times were outrageous, and even being seen in a timely manner and getting answers, mm -hmm. imagine somebody who's not coming from a family of doctors. So Absolutely. they felt they saw a big need and they wanted to do something to help. And it's just incredibly inspiring how the family uh, was able to, uh, to build their organization just one center at a time mm -hmm. and just uh, never losing focus on, on the mission to keep people out of the hospital and to keep people healthy and, and happy at home, specifically those that are elderly, the sickest, neediest and poorest population Absolutely. who find it so hard um, to find the right healthcare and who always end up in the ER, always end up being referred and always end up 
losing everything because they already have not, not much to begin with. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And it, it, because also, I mean, it, just from um, just from a life, just from a living perspective, right, to have to constantly go back and forth into a facility or a hospital or urgent care, it, it, that's not a life. It's not. You know, and how, so um, you have these centers. Is there also a, kind of a home based version or mm -hmm. that keeps them comfortable like where where they are but mm -hmm. but is able to treat them and what is the effect of, of that been on their overall health yes yeah, so um we open centers in the facilities where these where we have identified this is where the population that is in most need of us being there right. uh, where they're located um and you know we we go there we pick them up we uh we help them uh, with everything we can with medication and with bingo tai chi if they have food insecurity we take care of that mm. uh, around thanksgiving time yeah. uh there might be a turkey <laughs> right right i love it <laughs> for them things, things like that so we do everything yeah. we possibly can to you know not not only uh uh give them their physical health but also spiritual health and yeah. mental health and uh, and emotional health it's so yeah. important because it's all tied together absolutely absolutely so how does this strategy how does this mission of your organization impact your hiring mm -hmm. yeah it's um it's interesting uh, yeah. when i first learned about chenmet's mission i thought well that must be very difficult to hire physicians because we take care mm -hmm. of people that are 65 and older the mm -hmm. average age of our patients is 72. Mm. Not everybody wants to see only the elderly. Right. Uh, you know, family medicine physicians, they want to see cradle to grave. Um, but we've been able to hire quite a, a, a large number of very quality mission-driven family medicine physicians who are okay only seeing the elderly. Mm -hmm. So that was a surprise for me. Um, when you explain what we do, it really goes back to why physicians went into medicine in the first place. Right to keep people out of the hospital, to prevent them from getting sick in the first place, versus celebrating how sick somebody is because now we're going to make some money. Right. So if, you, uh, if you're able to communicate the mission and, uh, and the purpose of this way of taking care of patients, yeah. people love it. What is there not to love? Yeah. And that really helps us attract the right kind of people, people that are aligned to our mission and that really want to do the right thing. Right. And, and so that's very helpful. What have you seen in, in hiring and healthcare in general um, as a result of COVID, for example, mm -hmm. that is causing sort of the, the issues we're seeing today in terms of maybe talent shortage um, or, you know, having kind of the, this temp community where it's, it's costing hospitals and health systems so much more, mm -hmm. but they need, they need the help. Like what, what's, what do you see as the trajectory of hiring in healthcare right now? Yeah, the trajectory is not looking too promising. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the looming, dooming physician shortage has been known yeah. uh, for, for many decades. I remember about 15 years ago, I did a presentation on it. Yeah. So that's, you know, and, and it was already well, well known then. Uh, and I think that uh, with COVID, uh, people, you know, there's a whole layer of workforce that were getting close to retiring mm -hmm. that would not have retired if COVID hadn't happened that ended up retiring, yeah. uh, which caused a huge gap in the workforce, not only in healthcare, but also you see it in shops, in restaurants, we see it everywhere. 
uh, we wonder where did these people go? You know, how come there's a shortage right. of all these people? Right, it's <laughs> a great question. Yeah. Where did they all go? So, uh, you know, thinking about this yeah. uh, made me realize that there is a large population of, you know, uh, we have the, the, the aging and the graying of America. Not only patients are getting older, physicians are getting older. Right. So not only, uh, um, you know, we have a, a, a real um, struggle because we are losing a lot of physicians just because they retire. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, when you when you look at the incoming physicians, very few physicians want to become primary care physicians these days because mm. it doesn't pay as well as specialists. Interesting. So, um, you know, we're seeing, um, I think the statistic, and, and forget, forgive me if I'm not 100% correct, but uh, in America, 75% of our physician population is our specialists. 25% primary care, where in any other Western uh, a Western country, it's yeah. the other way around. 75% are primary care and then 25% special, uh, specialists. Right. So that makes it very difficult because mm. you, ha you have a lot of people to refer to, but you don't have people to take care of the basic needs of, of people that, that don't need a specialist, that just need to be taken care of. And that's right. why it's so hard for people to, to find a physician or to... Uh, to make an appointment, the wait times are very long, mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know supply and demand. You mentioned the cost of of temp work. Because of the shortage, there is no lack of supply. There's a high demand, so those prices are 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 getting higher and higher. Right. We see it in the travel nurses. We see it in yeah. uh, locum physicians. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a, it's an issue. How how are you all addressing that particular issue? We're trying to use as few locums as possible <laughs> sure. by finding permanent uh, permanent yeah. physicians. Yeah. And it's so important, especially in value-based care, when you take care of the elderly people, mm -hmm. they really want to build that trust with their physicians. And if right. we have locums coming through, and nothing wrong with a locum physician, thank goodness they're, they're available, right. uh, because we do need people to take care of the patients. But it doesn't help building the trust between the physician and patient, and that trust has been broken because physicians don't have time to take care of their patients. It's right. so quick. There's no eye contact. They're looking at their computer. Mm. So the trust is gone, Right. which is why people go to, to the internet as well to, to self-diagnose. Well, right, and then yeah. that becomes an issue. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that because, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about how technology can help potentially uh, in in the world of recruiting, particularly in healthcare, because I, I don't know, I, it it seems to me there hasn't been any innovative solution presented mm -hmm. to to the recruiting and hiring issue in, in healthcare. It's just sort of the mm -hmm. same old cycle. Mm -hmm. Because why, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's been a lack of innovation there? You know, it's funny you should mention this. I thought about this about a month ago, and I actually had a conversation with some colleagues from other organizations, and I said. Why are we still doing the exact same thing that we did when, when I started 23 years ago? Right. The only difference is I had a phone book, now we have internet. Right, yes. <laughs> I had a fax, believe it or not. I <laughs> know, <laughs> it's still. Uh, and yeah. now we have cell phones. Right. Um, but we're doing the exact same thing, which is yeah. crazy. I think the, um, you know, thank goodness we have job boards and we have mm -hmm. uh, technology platforms where, we, where it's easier to find physicians, but it really only replaces the phone book. In a, in sure. a way, uh, the fact that we can place ads or uh, post our jobs on, uh, you know, some of our vendors are here from, mm -hmm. from the job boards. So I won't mention specific names, which is great, but that replaces uh, putting an ad in a paper when exactly. people used to. So we're essentially still doing the same. Right. So 
why i don't know if anybody figured out what to do differently yeah you know yeah. why why is it uh, why is it that um we're all fishing in the same pond yeah. why is it that we don't share more i mean there is a, a great question there is let's say if there's a million physicians why don't if i don't need a cardiologist maybe you need one why, right. why can't we share why are we all fighting over these candidates and it rakes up the prices too because you know they're Sure. You know, there's competition, so we have to, you know, sign on bonuses, forgivable loans and offers. Mm. I scratch my head at that question. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. And I think that's a big reason that healthcare is close to finding itself at a crossroads in this country. Mm -hmm. Would you agree that, that there's one way where healthcare goes where we're in trouble? Mm -hmm. And there's one way where it, it gets better. Yeah. I, you know what how do we and i don't think we're quite there yet but we're close we're i've, I've very heard close. we're very yeah. close yeah yeah what what do you think are the steps that need to happen mm -hmm. just in general to I get us on the right path yeah. so there are a few things that would be very helpful and yeah. of course we're already seeing a uh, an uptick in nurse practitioners mm -hmm. physician assistants which is very helpful i mean uh, there's multiple schools that have opened uh, mm -hmm. i have mm -hmm. a uh, I actually did all my pre-qualifications to become a physician assistant at some point and had to change during uh, due to a life event. That's so awesome. that's something that I'm interested in in, in looking at. So I know sure. that there are uh, more physician assistants, more nurse practitioners. Uh, you know, the the whole idea that um, you know here is a perfectly wonderful physician from another country. We make it so difficult for these yes. physicians to come and work here. Right while we need them so badly and we make it so difficult we have to come red 30. why 30. why can we only get 30 in the state why not 100. Mm -hmm. right <laughs> you know there right. is this need so i think we need to um, address this in a legislative type of way okay. uh, political type of way uh, to get some uh, laws change and some, mm -hmm. some policies changed national and also state uh, policies and then also the issue of uh, we have plenty of people that want to become a physician, but we don't have the slots. We don't have the medical schools. We don't have the, mm, the residency programs. So if we could increase the incoming, the top of the funnel right. for, for uh, pre-med students coming into the, uh, to the mill of how to become a physician, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And we have to make it more attractive for people to choose primary care versus becoming a specialist. Right, yeah. absolutely. That, that pay gap is too big. Yeah, interesting. Well, this has been fascinating, Marjorie. I really appreciate the insight. And any any last words of wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would challenge anybody in healthcare to just not live with the status quo and to yeah. keep thinking. It's it's our responsibility as a society to figure out how to change the broken system that mm -hmm. we're in. Uh, I strongly believe value based care is uh, is the future yeah. uh, because we can't keep up with the rising cost of healthcare. People lose their houses the moment they get admitted to the hospital. It's insane. They've right. worked their whole life for, for a house and they lose it. Uh, so I, I, it's all of our responsibility to, to find solutions for this. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. A Higher Future in Healthcare is a production of IIA Healthcare, a technology organization powered by the Interview IA interview platform designed to help healthcare organizations hire better. Learn more at www.iiahealthcare.com and in collaboration with AAPPR, 
the Association for Advancing Physician and Provider Recruitment, the leading authority on physician and provider recruitment and retention. Learn more at www.aappr.org.